0: Hello everybody, welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gaspari. This is Frank Pelicone. And tonight we are going to be covering for episode 61, the top five horror movies in 1978. Um, This was a randomly generated list that just happened to benefit Frank's favorite genre. Yeah. Um, And then he was super excited about this, and then his excitement has waned. Yes. Right. Right. It's cool. Um, so 1978, like, we covered 80 through 89 last year, looking more at Bihar, but, um, still, like, this is a little broader than that, I suppose, because it's not just Bihar that we're looking at, but I think everything in the 70s, you've kind of said before,
1: is almost kind of Bihar at times. Eh, Exorcist is not, you know. Right. I'm sure there's some other stuff, if I really think about it, that I would say is more... Was something like Halloween considered to be a movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all, like, DIY in terms of what Carpenter was doing. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, when the director is also the screenwriter, is also the composer of the score and involved in, like, scouting locations and stuff. I mean, he was responsible for the majority of that movie. (coughs) So Even though it's, like, a polished film. You know, and honestly, like a classic, it still is B. Right. Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a, um, like an actual studio production. Jaws 2 mm-hmm. came out in this year, and that's right. a legit studio production. Something else is this year, too, that had like major <laughs> studio backing to it jaws was this year jaws 2 jaws 2 is this year okay Mm -hmm. how do you feel about jaws 2 it's not as bad as jaws (laughs) 3 it's a rousing endorsement well i mean Um, there's no real mm -hmm. jaws worth watching except for jaws honestly i mean jaws 2 is fine it's just like jaws is basically like the perfect killer shark movie so like why do you need to And I think there's, like, five Jaws movies or four. I don't know. They're all really bad afterwards. Jaws 4 is the one that I think I've probably seen
0: the most just because it was always on television when I was growing
1: up. Which is the one where they build the aquarium? Oh, Christ. I have no idea. I think that's three. Yeah. it sounds right. They have the underwater aquarium where you can, like, walk through, like, the ocean and Jaws is attacking it. So, was there anything this year that didn't make your list? Um, there's some stuff that's, like... I consider to be, I don't know, like either, not important maybe, but like interesting. Um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is seventy eight, which is like for a long time probably the best like horror comedy. Um, just because of its ridiculous premise, um, movie called Blue Sunshine this this year, which is like a really trippy, like it was really hard to find for a long time that. Blue Sunshine and Liquid Sky were, like, these two movies that were really, really difficult to track down on VHS back in the day of, like, renting movies. Um, so I didn't see Blue Sunshine until, like, I was probably 18 or 19. Liquid Sky is the movie that we discussed on the Counterculture yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah those blue, were... blue, blue Sunshine is really similar. Like, people start getting infected with this drug that makes them psychopaths, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um... Pete Walker movie called The Comeback is this year. It was also known as Encore.
0: Yeah, it's listed as Encore in most places if you're going to watch it. Um, it's on Amazon Prime right now.
1: That has some, like, the, the transfer on that one is fucking awful. Um, I, well, the transfer on Tubi was just as bad, so... No, I just mean, like, in general, like... Oh, the yeah, it's a really exists. bad...
0: It's a bad transfer, yeah.
1: I seem to remember renting it from Netflix on v- on DVD, like, a decade ago, and it being a good transfer. I don't know what it is about that movie because um, Sh- Scream Factory, I think, put out a DVD retrospective of Pete Walker's movies, and this is the only Pete Walker movie that's not included on it. Hmm. So you get like Frightmare, House of Whipcord, um, Die Screaming Marianne, but it, this one's not there for whatever reason. Um, but co- the comeback's a, a fine movie. Like It's a small little psychological horror movie that's got a couple of cool things in it. Um, The Omen 2 is this year, um, I Spit on Your Grave comes close because I think that's a really effective movie, but I just, as I get older, I just can't get down with like the whole like Rape Revenge movie thing. Right. Um. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Uh, Magic is this year. Uh. Is that Anthony Hopkins movie? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Piranha, which we've already talked about, or else that would have made the list, is this year. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's like some some decent mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, it's a pretty strong year, I think, like overall for horror. There's a movie called Patrick that's a Australian movie, a couple Australian movies actually, Patrick, which is about a psychic killer who's in a coma, and a movie called Long Weekend, which is about like animals gaining their revenge on like this couple. Hmm. who were, like, taking a long weekend in the the Outback or whatever, and that's, yeah. that, that's a pretty good movie. Not good, but it's interesting, and it's, like... For, like, being a different subject matter, really, with, like, the killer animals, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't even think that Omen 2 is, like, terrible. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's definitely, like, okay.
0: Do you like The Omen? Oh, yeah, I love The yeah. Omen.
1: Hmm. Yeah, The Omen is, um... That's another one I haven't seen since I was young, but
0: I remember when I was young, I didn't care for it. I don't know if I feel differently now.
1: I mean, it's got a lot of really... I, it's got a number of like really iconic moments in it. You know, like the priest getting... Sure. Um, skewered by the um, steeple and... Yeah. It's all for you, Damien, whatever. She like jumps out and like hangs herself. I mean, that's pretty, pretty graphic and pretty unsettling yeah. the first time you see it. Um... And it's, like, one of those things where it was kind of building off of, I guess, like, the premise of The Exorcist with, you know, the idea of evil religious forces, like, coming back to, like, take over the world. And Rosemary's Baby and the Sentinel is around that time, mm-hmm. too. So there's a bunch of stuff that deals with them. Um, I don't know if we'll ever talk about it. What, how do you feel about magic? I like magic. Do you? Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. I actually have a really, I bought magic on DVD when I was, like, Buying, like, you know, a dozen DVDs a week in the mid 2000s. Yeah. And my copy of Magic doesn't work. So, or it didn't work. And it was one of those things, like, I was too lazy ever to take it back. Um, but I think it's available right now on one of the streaming services. I can't remember where. Maybe Netflix or. No, it's probably on Prime. Um, Ma- Magic's a good movie. It's, it's a yeah. creepy movie. Yeah. I, I, I'd seen it when I was young and then, um,
0: one of my colleagues, Craig Frischkorn, was showing in a script writing class years ago, and I had rewatched it. And I don't know. I, I think it might just be my my bullshit with Anthony Hopkins like sours me a little bit, like because he's just somebody. If if you're over like the revenge rape stuff, like I'm over Anthony Hopkins just in general, and I, I just think maybe that's my my own bullshit. No, no,
1: it, he's he's not. For being someone who's generally considered to be, like, well, for a time was probably considered to be one of the greatest, like, living actors. Sure. He's not a very good actor. I mean, he is. It's just that he's, I mean, nobody, like, wants to talk about Hopkins
0: in that way. But it's like, while they'll still say that about Nicholson, how Nicholson fell into a pattern. Right. I think Hopkins did, too. Hopkins is just a different pattern. Yeah,
1: he's the most earnest over-actor. Yeah. Like, ever. I think he's, yeah, it's like, he's hammy. You yeah. know, um, Magic was directed by Richard Attenborough, which oh, is interesting. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Do you know anything idea. else, do you know? I have no idea. Huh. I just know that. That's a fun, fun fact. <laughs> right. Frank. A Frank. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank fact. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, I have no idea what else he's directed.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I had no idea he directed, you know, anything. Um... Alright, you wanna go ahead and get started? Yeah, we can jump in. Alright, so the number five movie on your list is George Romero movie Martin. It stars John Amplus, uh, Lincoln Mazel, and Sarah Venable. Has a ninety percent from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, a seventy six percent from audiences.
1: Wanna tell us a little bit about the movie and why you include it on this list? It's an interesting disparity. I wonder if it's because like there's generally some like long, like kind of boring parts of Martin. Not even boring, just kinda of talky parts like where not much is happening. Yeah.
0: I mean seventy six isn't a terrible score necessarily, true. especially for a horror movie around this time period. We we yeah. saw what those numbers look like during the eighties be horror. That's true. Um
1: so it's about a kid who may or may not be a vampire, but he thinks he's a vampire. Um who goes to live with what is he, an uncle? Yeah. Uh, In Pennsylvania. Yep. Because Romero can't ever get out of Pennsylvania. Um, The kid's basically a serial killer. Um, He has these really... They sort of play with the idea that you're watching like either maybe it's a flashback or maybe it's a hallucination. But he has these like fantasies of like... The actual like rich like black and white like gothic vampire setting but in reality he's living in like you know suburban whatever's suburban town in pa like i always took
0: him to be fantasies yeah
1: yeah i mean that's what i think is like that's his conflating what he's doing in his head to being like some sort of like mythic thing when in reality he's just a you know kind of a cannibalistic like narcissist really sure um I mean, there's, like, a lot that happens in this movie, and I don't really want to, like, detail the whole plot. But in essence, his um his uncle tells him, like, if I find out that you're killing people, I'm going to drive a stake through your heart. Um, His uncle definitely believes that he's a vampire, including, like, having, like, what, like, crosses and garlic and mm-hmm. the general tropes of, like, stopping a vampire. And Martin's response is, like, you know, this magic shit basically doesn't work. Like, magic's not real, like, you know... It's, um, I've read that it's Romero's favorite movie that he's done. Yeah, yeah, I've read that as well. Like, it's his personal, like, he feels it's his personal best. Mm-hmm. Um, as a horror movie, it's a fine, like, psychological horror movie. Um, including, like, an interesting play on the fact of, like, is this kid really, like, a supernatural being or is he just, uh, highly motivated, like, sadist, really? Mm hmm. Um, It's kind of ahead of its time in terms of like the social fixation on a serial killer as being like almost like an attractive pop culture figure Um, in the sense of like Martin calling into um, the radio station and being like popular as a caller. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's Romero's criticism of possibly like the public's reaction to psychology as, like, a useful tool to help, like, cure people that have, whatever, mental instability. Impulses and... yeah, Right, yeah. In the sense that, like, he definitely has some sort of, like, psychosis that he's experiencing. And yet, his, his uncle like, is trying to, like, do these old world things to, like, cure them. And it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, like gay conversion therapy and things like that. Like, these ideas that you can, or, you know, like, even from the turn of the century, like, women who would be, like, have nervous conditions would be put into, you know, people who had anxiety or neurosis would just be, like, locked away. And the fact that, like... Instead of like getting the kid help and like removing him from society, you're basically just gonna drive a stake through his heart and bury him in the backyard with a crucifix. Right. So he doesn't rise from the grave, which is like completely not you know you just like murdered him. Like he didn't sure. do anything to like help him. Well,
0: right. The idea is those things are bunk. I mean all those Right. You know, and it, I, shock I think therapy, gay conversion therapy is right. it's all bullshit. Yeah.
1: And I like is very um Socially conscious and likes to make statements. I mean, like, the crazies is the same way. And Dawn of the Dead is the same... Night of the Living Dead, Night you know. Event. Right, sure. Is the same way. And I think it really is just, like, his criticism of, on one hand, like, the celebrity of someone who's, like, actually a sick individual that needs help. And then society's inability to, like, understand modern methods to, like, cure those things. Um. It's a really dark movie, and I guess that's because, I mean, obviously, like much, m- much of it, most of it is filmed at night. The majority of it, I guess, takes place at night.
0: Feels like there's a lot of daytime scenes in it to me. If I actually, t- it feels like there's a lot of daytime scenes in it to me. A lot of the driving, you action, know why though. you, you know why you don't remember like, how much takes place in daylight because it's boring as fuck when it's in the daylight. Yeah, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I we was sort of... trying really hard, like to just like let this go and like go ahead. I was trying not to make any pithy comments about this movie because, in some ways, I really like the ideas behind Look, it, and
1: it's there because I think it's. I always find it inter- interesting when someone takes a chance on telling a traditional horror trope in a new way. Like I think I always think that that's. Sure. Even if it's not, like, a huge success. And that's why this movie is number five on the list. But I always, I I find it interesting that someone's, like, willing to do that. And it looks at other things, too. Like, you know, loneliness of, like, like modern, like, suburban life. And, like, these people who are just kind of, like, you know, the woman he ends up sleeping with who's just, like, depressed, basically. And, again, like, these people who find him to be, like, this, like, celebrity almost. and Right. Um, his uncle who refuses to, like, acknowledge that there could be, like, something else other than this, like, crazy idea that this kid really is, like, a vampire. Mm-hmm. It is probably 20 minutes too long, and you could trim, like, a lot of, like, stuff, like, dialogue out of this movie and scenes, and it would still be fine. You could rewrite a lot of dialogue, too, I think, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, sure. I agree with that, too. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing with Romero. Like, he's... On one hand, probably one of the most important creators of horror ever. Yeah, well, and maybe like I don't know, you can dispute that from at a all, modern yeah. perspective. Maybe like maybe there's Wes Craven and Mario Bava, but like you know George Romero is like right, John Carpenter, and then George Romero is like right there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, created the zombie genre, like yeah. like. Every trope we have of zombies comes from George Romero. Um, so even when he misses, like, <clears throat> I think it's still really interesting. And I think that Martin is a really interesting movie. And I think there's a lot of, like, artistry to the way that Romero films it. But it's, like, not a perfect movie. It's one of those things where... Every movie on this list I've seen multiple times, and some in some cases, like, multiple, multiple times, like six or more times for a lot of these movies. This one I've seen, this is, I think, the third time I watched it, and I fell asleep, like, kind of during watching it. And um, But when I first saw Martin, I was really just impressed by the fact that it was not... Like, I'd always seen that cover. of The VHS cover is, like, Martin with the T as a steak with, like, blood coming out of it. And I always, like, just assumed it was some modern, like, yeah. traditional like, Dracula-type story, Mm -hmm. and so I was really impressed with the fact that it's not. Like, it's something completely different than that. Um, This is one of those movies where Hollywood always goes back and remakes movies that are great. You know, like, they take a movie like like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and do, like, ad nauseum remakes of that movie. And make it terrible. And make it so much worse every time, right? Like, you don't need to remake a great movie. You need to take something like Martin and let somebody remake Martin. Sure. And rewrite the script and make it more modern and use like modern psychology in it and do things where you, I don't know that as a viewer, you ever, I think you're supposed to doubt Martin's humanity. Like you're supposed to think that he might be supernatural, but you never think that. I never. Like you always know that Martin. Right. Is a person. Yeah. With like that's we, crazy used to weird kid that has right yeah it's basically he's just like a cannibal that's obsessed with sure. like the idea of right. being yeah. like a vampire uh-huh. but i think you're supposed to like have question about mm-hmm. whether or not it's true like that he might and i think that if you could take this movie and remake it where like maybe you blur that line a little bit like maybe not make the dream sequences so obviously his imagination and kind of like meld those things together Then maybe you could I don't know. Like, make it a... Like, take this really interesting idea and really interesting character. You know, they did that maniac. Um, Who is that? Tobey Maguire, I think, is in it. Um, I'm not sure. It's a remake of a 1980 slasher horror movie, and they did it in first person. Okay. Um, I think it's Tobey Maguire. Um, This is, like, maybe five or six years ago, I Uh, think. Okay. Um and they take the same idea but they make it they change the perspective and they change some things about it and it's a really interesting movie like the remake of it and i think that you sh- you have so many movies that are like objectively either bad or mediocre that you could take and make again and make them great
0: sure it's my old argument from 20 years ago about bats like why don't they just remake that because it's a shit movie so figure out a way to make the concept better rather than take good movies and make them worse
1: right because the concept of bats is fine sure like the killer bats that are right
0: and i mean this movie could use a lot of that i think like i mean like look i i agree with you i think it's a really interesting idea and this is only the second time i watched it the first time i watched it that was like the summer 15 years ago where like i just had you you and wesley giving me horror movies to watch right I was just looking for things to tune out, like just to like watch and this required a little bit more thought because there is complexity to it. There's things that like behind uh, the subtext, you know, and I just was like okay, like it, but I still didn't think it was very fascinating like watch necessarily, but I thought there was a lot of really good ideas. Rewatching again, those ideas became more prevalent to me and I thought they were even more interesting, but it doesn't have the filmmaking to me to match those ideas like it, i think it's poorly the, the acting is not terrible like i mean it's 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 okay like a couple of the characters are, are, are good
1: i imagine it's romero's thing where he just finds like some local actors from pa sure i know i agree or... right but if
0: it, but it's for some of i mean some of his movies can be have really bad acting in it but sure um but this this was okay but this the the, the writing's not there like i didn't think the editing was particularly good i thought that the daytime stuff look like shit. Like the cinematography is poor. Yes. In this yeah, movie. yeah. Yeah.
1: And I don't think it's the transfer. I think it really is just like yeah, this film. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I think there's a lot of things you could take this good idea.
1: Yeah. You like? I I agree with you. Yeah. All things being equal, this this is Piranha's place. But I just don't didn't want sure. to talk about Piranha again. So right. <laughs>
0: so Martin squeaks on in. <clears throat> right. But it, it is an interesting movie. Like, and I think if you're into horror and you haven't seen it, you should probably just watch
1: it. Just What is it, like 95 minutes or something like that? uh, Yeah, yeah, it's not that long. Next movie on your list is even shorter. I like that.
0: Like short movies. So, number four on your list is Toolbox Murder, Mm. starring Dennis Donnelly, Cameron Mitchell. Directed by Dennis Donnelly. I'm sorry, directed by Dennis Donnelly. Um, Starring Cameron Mitchell, Pamela Ferdin, and Wesley. I didn't look up his name. Your... Um, and Dennis Donnelly's son, huh? Dennis Donnelly's
1: son is that is also in it? Yeah, he's oh, okay. the um the nephew or whatever.
0: Oh, I thought that was West. Or no, no, no. He yeah. might be the brother. Yeah, the the three, three three principles is the ones I picked. The 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 girl and the like uncle or whatever and the nephew. Yeah. Um, critic score not available on Rotten Tomatoes. A
1: 30% from
0: audiences.
1: (laughs) Why have this movie on the list? So this is my... This is my, like, nostalgic favorite movie on Uh this list. Um, I love The Toolbox Murders. It's... So the premise of The Toolbox Murders is there's this apartment in... I don't know, Southern California somewhere. Where these women are getting murdered by a man carrying a toolbox, wearing a ski mask. And he murders them with, like, different implements, like, stabs him with an ice pick, shoots him with a nail gun, um, drill bits him in the stomach, you know, mm-hmm. murders him. So, then you come to find out that the reason that they're being murdered is because they were morally impure, or whatever. Like, the one woman was a drunk, two of the women were lesbians, the other woman was, like, a... Uh, nymphomaniac kind of like who dies masturbating in a bathtub um and then a young girl gets kidnapped so the first half of the movie is this moderately traditional like late 70s slasher um i i think a little more interesting than like a traditional slasher just because like the scenes are dragged are drug out like so long sometimes. Like it takes him forever to kill the bathtub woman like that. That scenes what like, I mean, it feels like it's like 10 minutes long that it takes him to kill her. And he's always just like humming, bringing in the sheep or whatever. And then it stops being that. And it turns into like the weirdest pseudo incest, psychological horror, like movie that makes it's almost absurd because it makes such little sense Mm -hmm. but like everyone is so earnest and it's so creepy that it like it works in its absurdity Mm -hmm. and then there's just this tacked on coda that like so the story about this movie is I don't know if it was Dennis Donnelly but there was a producer who saw Texas Chainsaw and was like holy shit like we can make a lot of movie a lot of money making, like, the slasher movie. Mm-hmm. So, they made this movie under the pretense that it's based on a quote-unquote true story, which it's not. And just kind of cobbled it together. And that's why, it like, it, it feels like two different movies. But I don't know, like, it works. Like, I think it's... Cameron Mitchell is, like, the... I don't know. He's the Laurence Olivier of, like z-grade like horror i mean he's in like 200 and some movies cameron mitchell Mm -hmm. and he's an over he overacts and he's always sweaty and i don't know he's but he's awesome and he plays the killer in this movie like the the ski mask guy and then his nephew is just this like just real quick
0: it's not him under the ski mask though in those scenes right I don't know. I'm pretty. It can't
1: be. It, the eyes don't look right. No. Like I'm pretty, I was trying I'm, to look am pretty at sure
0: this. it's the nephew that's under the mask. Like, nah, because it's too big. Maybe I don't know. It it, it, was, it certainly wasn't Cameron Mitchell.
1: Anyway, yeah. it's like if if that's true, that's funny. Like I was just assuming it was Cameron Mitchell. Although the, I was watching it this time. That guy look, like kind of big and built. Like not. Yeah, that's true. But he's also wearing like the heavy jacket and the mm-hmm. work pants, and I don't know. Cameron Mitchell's wearing like lounge clothes all the time. Like, <laughs> God, he's got that one. It's like a silk kimono top, but like cut like a. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 a weird shirt. It, it's an ugly shirt. So he's super religious, and he, he reason he kidnapped the girl was because his daughter died, and now he's trying to like she she was his like life, and she was innocent, and he wants to recreate that and the nephew wants to have sex with her because like <laughs> one of the greatest lines oh my god what, what does he say because the nephew's talking to his uncle he's talking to Cameron Mitchell and he says we were into each other so hard it hurt or something like that and the way he says it is like the most awkward delivery of a line ever but it's like so effective because like it feels like that kid like like feels I, I don't know just cra- like a ridiculous performance. Yeah, that, that that the the change in
0: that character from like how he is in the first half to that second half is hysterical to me. Like, right,
1: because he's just he's like he's cause he's just like fine su- suave like you know
0: like ladies man that suddenly is like this crazy, right? Crazy and like has this like weird like incestuous thing going on like that and but he becomes almost like infantile in some ways like it's it's so weird it's such a weird like character
1: but and there's all kinds of like like weird subplots that go nowhere like (laughs) the detective who's investigating the murders is trying to sleep with the mother of the daughter that got kidnapped but really ineffective at it like he's always like hey maybe we should hang out by ourselves oh wait no no, you're right. We shouldn't. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird movie. Like, the, the brother gets grilled as a suspect for, like, two-thirds of a scene. And then they're just like, yeah, man, maybe you should go investigate the murder. And then he does. And then he does. And they're like, did you find any clues? And it's like, um, shit, what movie is that? Where, like, they... Uh, there was something that we watched... Where the kid gets turned into the I can't remember what it is. It's gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to really think about it. Oh, you know what it was? It was Pieces. You remember Pieces? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um. uh the the school Lothario, Ian Sarah. That's the actor's name. Uh huh. Like it just gets drafted as a police officer, right? To the point where like he's leading the investigation at one point. It's it's like it makes no sense. Pieces, terrible movie. (laughs) I love that movie so much. I mean, this is
0: this is this is better than pieces. Um, they're trying. Here's the thing: is like this movie is more fun than it should be, right? Like, I I was just watching. I mean, I took none of it seriously. I didn't think any of it. None of it worked as a horror movie to me like at all really even the psychological horror was just goofy and silly but <laughs> I, I had guess. fun i had fun watching it like especially at the beginning was just fucking me up because i was texting you about it like right. how none of the women like they were the most like they're they're all like running away like from them or trying to like not get
1: attacked and they're just all the worst at it right like they they get to the door <laughs> right. then they, they can't remember how to open a door right, <laughs> right they're just like, oh, no. And then they fall And he's a really
0: ineffective killer, too. Yeah, he's a bad killer. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, shooting potted plants and stuff like that with his nail gun. Oh, my God. That's one of the best things. So, they must have found, like, this nail gun. (laughs) And just, like, we're like, yeah. Like, this thing's awesome. So, they shoot the nail gun in slow motion so they can show the potted plant explode. Uh Uh-huh. Do do you know if this... Can you think of a nail gun, like murder before this i believe there's a movie called the nail gun murders oh really i think so that might be an alternate title of this movie though the dialogue's really funny in this like most of the time i I especially the the
0: delivery like it reminds me of even though i love that movie it reminds me of um like the delivery in um something like phantasm yes like it's very like kind of stilted and i love it like whiny kind of like the
1: way that they talk and like objectively there is nothing to recommend about this movie like as a film this is not something where i would say like yeah if you're really trying to like watch seminal movies or movies that matter or even like good movies like this is not that but if you want to be entertained for like 82 minutes or whatever the hell the running time is yeah from start to finish, this movie will entertain you every moment that you're watching it. I agree. If you're somebody who likes, and I'm not somebody who likes that kind of shit
0: most of the time, like what is, re, no, that's a video game. Um, something redneck, redneck rampage. Is that is that is that a movie? That's a video game. That's a video game. But there's right?
1: something similar to that. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Like yeah, like there's like shit like
0: that that people like love. Um. So, that's the thing. is And, like, like the, because it's so bad, it's good type thing? Because
1: that stuff is bad on purpose. Like, that's someone sitting down and saying, like... Oh, I don't know if that's the case with what I'm thinking of. We're going to make this tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. There's nothing... Like, everything in Toolbox Murders is earnest. Like, 100% sure. earnest. Yeah. And I think that Dennis... Dennis Donnelly, who is a prolific, like, television director... But I think this is his only movie... <laughs> That man thought that he was, like, making something better than, like, a cut above, like, everything else. Right. And just made one of the most absolutely ridiculous films of all the slasher movies. Here's the thing,
0: though, from a plot standpoint, like, there's some interesting ideas. Uh, Right. That that are just... That just go nowhere or botched. And,
1: like, I, it makes... God, there's the older black couple that they introduce that, oh, like... I forgot about that. There's, like, they, they introduce them, like, real characters, and then you never see them again. Mm-hmm. And this all takes place in an hour and 20 minutes. In, like, real life.
0: That's what I mean. Like, the movie's only an hour and 20 minutes long. No, no,
1: no. I mean, like, it's almost, like, that long in, like, the in movie terms. <laughs> it's, like... I don't know. Like, everything happens in, like, a day and a half. Yeah, it doesn't take very long. Yeah. The mother got, like, gone to work because, like... God, and then the brother deduces where the daughter... Where his sister is based on no clues. He just is like, you know what? I know. And he goes there and he's right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 fantastic. It's one of my favorite... <laughs> like, one of my favorite, like movies that is absolutely not a good movie but still manages to be entertaining like attack of the killer tomatoes is a fun movie but it's trying to be like silly like i don't know this this movie is phenomenal like i again like my my nostalgic probably favorite movie on this list you know what's
0: funny is the criticism that i like took of this movie is like everything that you love about it Because there is no criticism really of it. It's a super reviewer, Francisco G on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. But he said, After a bloody, violent, and rather pointless first 25 minutes that is on the verge of going into exploitive territory, this slasher flick turns into a buddy movie of Let's Find the Murderer. So painful, it's boring. Then we go to Meet the Murderer murder and delve into his psyche on a character study so out of place and tedious it hurts but wait there's more added in a freakish and complete nonsensical ending and there you have it it seems like it was a film that was glued together by a bunch of different people who didn't have a clue what the previous person was working on from the start
1: that's so you're right if you're looking at funny concept Hmm? that's a really funny concept (laughs) like (laughs) they you I wonder if you could make a horror movie like that like where basically like you have the director film like 15 minutes then the next director only gets to see the last two minutes that that director filmed and has to like extrapolate what happened before and then make another 15 minutes after that and nobody can tell him like what the movie was about yeah that would be a fun experiment. And it doesn't just verge on the exploitive. It is two hundred percent exploitive. Right. It is nothing but exploitation. Right. It is let me show as many boobs as possible right. plus a woman masturbating. The masturbating scene
0: up. like kind of shocked me. It's like, I texted incredibly you about. shocking. Yeah. Like
1: when you see it. Right. She's um yeah. that's a she's a uh, famous pornographic actress, that woman. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. She's only in a couple, like quote-unquote real movies but like right. hundreds of yeah yeah okay um yeah she's probably the best actress in the movie too the 90s was my heyday like so i don't know any yeah i don't i only know that because like i because of fun fun facts of Frank right. Yeah, right i think it's um i have a book called invasion of the b girls uh-huh. that was like a homage to like linnea quigley and like all these women that were in these movies yeah Um, And I think it talks about her in that. Okay, so number three on your list is another George Romero
0: movie, Dawn of the Dead, starring Ken Feree, Galen, I can't read this now, I can't remember her name, Scott Runninger, David uh, M.G., is that right? I think that's how you say it. Um, 93% from Rotten Tomatoes critics, 90% from audiences. I think most people know about this, but you want to tell them a little bit about what the movie's about? And...
1: Um, Probably. pseudo-sequel to Night of the Living Dead in the sense that it takes place, well, I mean, it basically takes place, like, immediately after the events of Night of the Living Dead, but, you know, ten years later, really, in in life. Right. Um, the zombie plague is, like, this very real thing. Um, this group of people are trying to, like, survive, and they end up going into a mall, kind of like locking them all down to make their stand. Um, A renegade motorcycle gang led by, like, a young Tom Savini break in, let the zombies in. Um, It's a, maybe the, this or Zombie 2, the Fulci movie, is maybe, like, the preeminent zombie movie of, like, prior to the huge glut of zombie movies that came in, like, the 90s. Um, the zombie genre was still sort of underrepresented at this point, although the Italians were trying to throw as much as they could at it. Um, but in terms of like mainstream stuff, not until really like the return of the living dead series, did you get like a lot of like actual, like legit zombie movies. Um, again, Romero is all about like making a political statement hidden behind, the facade of horror so it's about consumerism and it's about you know like almost like the idea of the 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 suburban sprawl is kind of like that's like the real plague is like you know these people that just kind of walk through the same stores and mindlessly consume you know or like whatever the symptom of like modern society basically like that's like what the modern like urban planning is like causing is people to become like these mindless things that just like take whatever they is put in front of them like without thought um i mean I i i would imagine that most people listening to a podcast about 70s horror have seen dawn of the dead um It's the best zombie movie that Romero ever filmed, even though I think that Night of the Living Dead is more important and has a little more, like, artistically is a little more interesting just because of the way he filmed it. Like, I think that Dawn of the Dead from start to finish is the better movie Um, and probably the more watchable movie, I think, maybe, just because it's, like, pretty consistent in terms of its action and... yeah.
0: I I, actually think Night of, the Living De- Night of the Living Dead is better, like, overall. I don't know. I think there's something just more artful about it in terms of the being black and white. And I just think it's very, like, just classically done. It and is. And I, I, I prefer that classicism, especially for the social commentary aspect of Night of the Living Dead. I think, I think it all fits in tighter um than this movie but i mean i to me it's the difference
1: between it's like a really good like like analogy to that is alien and aliens sure in the sense that it's inherently the same topic but two wildly different takes on it but the same director doing it in this case and (laughs) while i feel the opposite way about the alien franchise where i will always prefer alien as a movie Mm -hmm. In um, this way, I feel the opposite. And it might just be because I've probably seen Night of the Living Dead like 25 times in my life. Like, I've seen mm-hmm. that movie a lot. Yeah. And also because, like, it was... Um, there was no restriction. It was, like, a, what's it called? Um, public domain. Sure. So anybody could put out copies of it. Right. And for the longest time, like, I would, like, buy these, like, seven ninety nine dollars VHSs with, like, extra footage or... Somebody like shot some other scene into it, or I just terrible, terrible, terrible. But I've seen that movie a lot, yeah. But I don't know, I mean, I think Dawn of the Dead is good social commentary, I think it's got some really exciting and well done, like set pieces. It's got some good, it's got a good sense of humor about itself, okay. um, and still maintains like that bleak idea of like you know, the end of times, like apocalyptic. Um and also one of the best movie poster covers of all time of the um That's absolutely true. Bald zombie head rising up with like yep. the blood red and the bats or whatever. Like that that thing's fantastic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Zom- I think zombie
0: two is better in terms of the cinematography and direction. It is. And the zombies themselves. Uh, right, like. sure. I think this movie is better. Plot and subtext wise sure. Obviously I mean I think um, I yeah. mean Fulci ain't trying to make no like grand statement Fulci just And maybe you to... just have seen How many times have you seen this you think? Eight or nine Okay Maybe So I've oh. seen this movie once Oh that's crazy All the way through Just once Like um, I've seen Pieces of it here and there Like throughout my life at different points like right. you know 30 minutes here 15 minutes there so I've probably seen it twice at least like overall but I only actually sat down and watched this like when I was like 15 or 16 like one time um, Gary Arnold of the Washington Post makes the claim that like uh, what, is, what did he say oh, let me get it here. that uh, Romero's ironies aren't subtle or devastating enough to justify lengthy contemplation do you think this movie's too long for what it is? No, oh, it doesn't
1: feel long to me. No? No. I mean, it's two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I'll go always back to, like, your fucking common trope, which is you could trim 15 minutes out of this movie and make mm-hmm. it a, a better thing. It's because I'm always right. <laughs> sometimes you are, sometimes you <laughs> aren't. Yeah, I mean, I think you could take stuff out of this movie, but... Yeah. I don't know. Like, Romero... I don't know. So, it's it's hard to criticize because I think it works. And Day of the Dead is so much worse in a lot of ways. <laughs> yes. That, like, it's... For me, it's easy to forgive a lot of the excesses of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Just because I think that... I think great idea for Day of the Dead. Right. It is a really good idea. And just, yeah. And done... Several other movies have done it better. Sure. Um... I feel like Romero was always filming movies as, like, this is the last time anyone's ever going to give me money to do something, so I want to put as many of my ideas on film as I can. Sure. And I think that Martin is kind of like that. I think that um, The Crazies is like that, and uh, Season of the Witch is like that. This is like... You know what I mean? Like, he's always just, like, I just got to get it out of my head and get it onto film and, like, you know... Because maybe I might not ever be able to make another movie again. Okay, another question. Do you think this is the best Romero movie? Oh. God, no. Um. I mean, it's hard to argue against Night of the Living Dead as being, like, his masterpiece in terms of artistry. Um. Hold on, I'm looking at his filmography. Uh... Yeah, he made some bad movies though, man. This this is probably my favorite movie of his. Okay, although I really love Night Riders. Night Riders is so ridiculous though.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of bad movies in here. So. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It just, um,
1: just keeps getting worse the longer I go. Um, <clears throat> his segment in Two Evil Eyes is really good. hmm. That's a good movie. I don't know if we'll ever talk about that movie because I don't know where it fits, but... Yeah, my college did um, Night of the
0: Living Dead as a stage play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, one of the texts there, him and the audio guy, I think adapted it. I think they, I think they were the ones that adapted it. Yeah, um, I bought tickets and never went. Gotcha. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, but it was really, it was, it was well done, and it like showed me like just how classically staged that movie was. And I think seeing it done and adapted for the stage actually made me like that movie a lot more of just the structure of it, of like how well it's done. Um, And I think, like, that's ultimately my argument for why I would say that's better, even though I think there's elements of Dawn of the Dead that are better, is just that.
1: It's just... I mean, I'm just talking about, like, personal enjoyment. Yeah, I understand. I, I will sit down and watch Dawn of the Dead anytime, and I don't know if I ever want to watch Night of the Living Dead again. It's interesting, yeah. But again, I've seen that movie... Right. Right, and I guess that's
0: what I was gonna too, lot. Is like maybe you've seen like you know because you've seen it so many times. I've only seen Night of the Living Dead probably like four times it's in my life. Where movie. I've watched and you know, I watched On Dead once. Dude, so. I think I
1: watched Night of the mm-hmm. Living Dead four times in like two days. I don't. I don't before. think I'm a big zombie person actually. Like,
0: I can... I never thought about it. I like the idea of zombie, but I don't think I'm like a huge like I. I'm not, yeah. I'm not somebody who watches. You know what I've seen the most only because it was on HBO like all the time back in like the mid 2000s. The 1990 remake. Uh the, the Dawn of the Dead remake from
1: whatever, two thousand and four oh, or Oh the Zack Snyder one? Yeah. You know that um Snyder is has a Army of the Dead, I think it's called yep. coming I, out I, this I, year. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. With um Batista mm-hmm. in the starring role. Yeah. It's like Oceans Eleven meets like Land of the Dead, basically. So mm-hmm. kinda curious how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. I and was he, bored. And, he, and he
0: sees it as a sequel, I think, kind of like in, in theory too. He does. I was really bored reading the description, so we'll see if we'll see what happens. Yeah. I like Batista, though. I mean, I think he's turning into a um, a, a decent actor. Really, Did you right. see the
1: Stupor or whatever the fuck that movie was called?
0: I saw the trailer for the Stupor, so that's I great. think I think by seeing the trailer, I think I've seen the movie. I think you have. I I, I count I count a lot of trailers as just me seeing the movie. Now oh,
1: that's that ain't, you ain't wrong.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to number two. Okay, so number two on your list is the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, directed by Philip Kaufman, starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, Veronica Cartwright, and Leonard Nimoy. It has a 93% from critics on Round Tomatoes and 82% from audiences.
1: You want to tell us a little bit about the movie and what you like about it so much? Uh, basic premise is that there's kind of an alien parasite that's fallen to Earth, and... Um, takes the form of these pods that like attach themselves to plants um, that take the essence of a person and then create a clone of the person that has all the person's memories and personality traits but none of like what's the word like there's no like passion or like inflection to them they're just kind of like robotic Um, and Donald Sutherland plays a health inspector that becomes aware of, like, this, you know, epidemic, and tries to stop it, along with the woman that he's secretly in love with, or maybe not so secretly in love with, and, um, a couple of his friends, um, really just, like, quintessential 70s look and feel, like, in terms of the cinematography and the direction, um, I don't think it's any secret that, like, Donald Sutherland is maybe maybe my favorite actor, like, ever. Um, I, I think Donald Sutherland's amazing. Um, really great visuals in this movie, um, especially the special effects that are, uh, for me, in, like, all practical in, like, the pre-digital age, um, really effective and really, like, creepy in a lot of ways. Like, there's... The scene towards the end where there's a dog that's got a human face that recognizes that, um... Uh, I think it's Sutherland and Adams at that point. Yeah. Um... Are humans still and not, like, pod people. <clears throat> hmm Um... I mean, it's a remake of a 50s horror movie that's pretty straightforward horror, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And it's an adaptation of a book called Body Snatchers. Um... But set in like a major city, um, you know, the San Francisco is like its own character almost in the movie in the way that like Kaufman films it. Um, it was a movie that I was like distinctly aware of when I was young, mostly because Mad Magazine did a parody of it and I had some like mad, like compilate like Mad Magazine like skewers the movies or something like that. Um, which is how I knew about this and <laughs> good, or i um, Godfather. Mm. Um, like my first exposure to right. it. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's a really uncomfortable movie for me in a lot of ways, just because of the whole, like the body horror element of it. And the fact of like an alien thing, like taking your place in society is always kind of a, like makes me uneasy. The idea of that, um, yeah. But really brilliant performances. I think it's really well written. Um, for being kind of long, I don't think it ever drags. I think there's, like... It's pretty evenly paced. <clears throat> and one of the best twist endings, I think, in... Like, that era especially, but maybe, like, ever. Um, in the sense of Sutherland's character being, like, a pod person in the end. Um... Yeah, I don't know. That's the, a really there's... I mean that's that's a heavily what memed
0: shot now, right? Like it's it's been over the internet as a meme for like 10 years yeah, now, of the... like the
1: shot of him like pointing where he's turned into a pod person. Right, with his mouth open mm-hmm. and yeah. Like the sh- like shooting like straight up his nose basically. Mm-hmm. Um I mean Sutherland is does a lot of good movies around this time. Specifically uh Don't Look Now. Um which I think it was a couple years before this. Yeah. Um, another movie that I just, like, I, I love, and I love his performance in it. I always like the fact that he's... He's a guy who has, like, a very minor bureaucratic position and has leveraged that into being almost like a boogeyman for these local restaurants and... Mm-hmm. But he's not an asshole. Like, it's... It's a really great performance in the sense of, like, he's just... This guy who earnestly believes in, like, what he does. And translates that into this desire to, like, save people from... You know, this alien threat. Um, Really nice, like... uh, Casting of Nimoy, like, against type. Of being, like, the... The suave psychiatrist Mm -hmm. who turns out to be I'm um, a pod person um I love the visual effects of like the bodies like growing out of the pods with like they're half plant and half human and you can see like the semi formed features like through like this gauzy like web of like whatever it is I don't know I don't know just I and like I don't have any criticism of the movie like I think that <clears throat> I think that it's a pleasure to watch. Um, again, it's my favorite era of film, the 70s. And I think it looks... It just looks like, like the film stock and... Um, it still and, looks good now. Yeah. Which well, which is, I, to me, say it's
0: something for 1978 because you don't always get that. It's a beautiful transfer, to the yeah. um, The one that's up on... I think it's on Prime. It's on Prime right now, yeah. Yeah. Now, and Sutherland, to me, like this is where, because I know I always joke, and it's not not even a joke because it's true. Like you love Donald Sutherland, like, um, but to me, it's like that that slightly older Sutherland where he starts relying on charm a lot more. You get a lot of parts of that charm in this character, where around this time you're not getting that charm quite as much in the '70s from Sutherland. That he becomes known for, I think, in the '90s more, and um, it really worked for the character because, like you said, he's like this boogeyman, and he's not a dick about it. But he's he's certainly an enforcer. But that guy's not the same guy that people talk to privately.
1: You know, like he's he's that's a job, and he's a great cook, and he's a good friend, and he's even though he's in love with um, the Adams character, Mm -hmm. like he's willing to just be her friend. Because she's dating the what is he a local sportscaster, right? Um, one of the first guys that gets sort of taken over by the um, by the body snatchers. Um, but yeah, like I I don't know. Yeah. Gold, now Goldblum is young and reserved and like good in his performance. Um, right. He's not. He's, he's
0: not. Um. He has he hasn't like won off the deep end of like being a weirdo right. quite yet. He hasn't quite
1: become Jeff Goldblum yet. Right right which have just
0: incidentally like have you watched any of that uh Disney Plus show No The World According to Jeff Goldblum It's um it's I, I can't recommend it because you have so many other things you want to watch but um when Brandy and I don't have anything to watch necessarily like we've just turned on an episode of that and um it's it's oddly amusing like the premise is that there's like a topic, whatever, like one's ice cream or jeans or something like that. And Gold Bloom just, they do a deep dive on like the history and like the facets of like the whole thing and Gold Bloom they just send them around the different places around the country, meeting with people to like talk about these things. They did tattoos. Um, so it's like Gold bloom being super awkward and just being Goldbloom, bloom talking to these people and it shouldn't be as good as it is but um it's 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 a fun show just because goldblum's so damn weird
1: it's something i wouldn't mind watching i mean i I like goldblum a lot yeah so sutherland's really
0: good and everybody's really good in this i think that's one of the things that really catapults this movie is the acting is so strong throughout um like you said nimoy i think is really good i was telling you last night that i'm i'm pretty sure now like after rewatching this um when they cast him in fringe i think this was the role they were thinking of uh not you know his more iconic role um in star trek of uh because he he has similarities this character has similarities to that character in fringe um he's really good uh veronica cartwright's uh, she's like a actress that kind of peers during, around this time period in right. a lot of things. And I've always really liked her. I thought she's always pretty effective. Yeah, She's good
1: Both, both are in Brooke Adams play, right. Like really yeah. like attractive in the sense of their personalities mm-hmm. and their like humanity, I think. Yeah. So I watched the
0: other night. I, um, I'd only, I'd never actually seen it all the way through just bits and pieces when I was young. I watched the original, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um and I mean I, I knew enough about that movie by seeing twenty minutes here and there, like um to get like the joke at the beginning of the movie, like the reference to Kevin McCarthy like running down the street in in the 78 remake of telling people like they're they're coming to get you right. and stuff like that. And um and he's another character actor that especially as he got older, like I love Kevin McCarthy. Um uh uh he's in space. Um <clears throat> but um Interspace. like that's why that's why I love Kevin McCarthy is because inner space was such a big part oh. of my childhood. But
1: is <clears> that on the top five action movies of the eighties? No, no, it's not not
0: gonna be there. It's gonna I think it's on the top is it on the top five movies that I love and you hate No no, no I it's like not oh, okay. Sorry. okay. Um <clears throat> we'll still never talk about inner space and it's a shame. Um <clears throat> You find a list that it fits on. Right, I right. so I I knew enough about that but watching and it's only like an hour and fifteen minutes or something. The original invasion and um like all the core elements of from this movie are in that movie, but this movie might be one of the best remakes I've ever seen of taking something of uh, modernizing and just making everything about it better. Um. Like, cause it's it's almost the exact same story with just like added parts here and there to flesh the story out. The the setting changes because right. it's a metropolis rather than, um, you know, um, small town. But I I just think everything about this movie works. Maybe a little long, you know, because I think it runs like two ten or something yeah, like it that. But me. but it, it 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 had a good pace to it. Like I mean, like I didn't. It, for someone that bothers me like it didn't bother
1: me at all in this movie i mean it makes sense because they spend so much time like trying to convince them like convincing themselves that this is actually happening and then time trying to convince other people and then realizing that the other people are already and then all that tension which actually kind of reminded me of something like like v maybe Mm. like later Mm -hmm. where it's the small group of holdouts where everything around them is taken over by right. something else. And there's a lot of real, like, like true like horror to that. And the idea that, like, yeah. you know.
0: Well, I think what was impressive about this is when it's just um, the two of them left, um, Adams and Sutherland's characters, to, in, in the, like, the last, like, fifth of the movie. You've seen that scene so many times of, like, the two people that are... Left that are on the run from like this large group especially like anything that has to do with this premise of like you know people being brainwashed or or, like controlled you've seen that scene so many times it's one of the few times i've seen it where i've actually felt tense like a lot of times it's just like okay this is that scene like you know for the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes they're you know gonna go have to avoid everybody and everything, but it's like this movie when I was watching it, I was actually invested because yes. I felt like there was a real threat to it. Um also because they've made you care about these characters. And maybe that's at this point. Yeah, that's 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 possible. Um <clears throat> the um the major criticism of this movie, uh, is about how it kind of misses the like, the subtext, like, just doesn't work very well in terms of, like, how the original was kind of focusing on, like, um, McCarthyism and, like, you know, suburbia and all this stuff of people becoming the idea of pod people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Richard uh, Schnickel of Times said that, um, like, changing it to San Francisco and changing it to a bigger city not only, like, kind of ruins some of that, but also makes it less plausible Um, because it's already kind of like implausible that a small town would be taken over but then when you get to the idea of San Francisco being taken over it's even like a little it gets into the idea of absurdity really Yeah. but I actually I don't know I thought that was kind of cool like it it shows how massive it is kind of like you were talking about V like you know like it it shows like this is going to be like this large takeover of the world at that point so it upped the stakes to me I thought
1: yeah I don't you got to suspend your disbelief in anything like this. Like saying that it's implausible that it happens in a big city is saying that it's plausible that an alien plant race could come down and take over human bodies. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm okay with that. But like, Oh, this just stretches my, my boundaries of like credulity or I I don't Uh know. It's just, it's that's, that's a silly complaint. I mean, that's the horror of it, you know. Like yeah. The original movie is basically just almost like an extended Twilight Zone episode in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pre-Twilight Zone, I guess, at that point. Um, Probably. But, you know, this is a fully fleshed out... And that was one of the things that they wanted to do, is they wanted to make, like, a the premise, but a different movie. Like, its own movie. <clears throat> and where, you know, we fail in this modern... Well, not even some... I don't know. It like, You asked me the other night, like, what are the best remakes? Like, and this is definitely one of them. Um, I think The Thing is on that list as well, because I think that's an amazing remake. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really well-directed movie. It's a really well-acted movie. The script is really good. And it just works well as a sci-fi movie, as a horror movie. Um, I think maybe in some ways, like, it still has that social commentary of, like... The Outsiders, like, eventually just getting, like, co-opted by the... And sort of San Francisco at that time, like, you're coming out of the,
0: <clears throat>
1: whatever, like, the the Summer of Love era, like, 60s San Francisco mm. through the 70s. And we talked about Milk, you know, in our right. the biopics. It's sort of the same idea of, like, you know, that whole um, Castro Street collective started as, like, these... I mean, they they were like, I don't know, like renegades or mavericks, whatever you want to call them, and eventually, like money, just like co-opted all of it to be sure, like homogenized in a right. lot of ways. And and it's, and it's
0: the story, and maybe because it's a contemporaneous review, like there's no, there, there's no hindsight yeah. to like look at it. But it's like, I mean, in that story there of what happens in Milk, uh, you know, like what really happened to some degree. I mean it's just the larger story of the baby boom generation where you have the, the summer of love and you have the sixties and you have the protests of the early seventies. And then by the time, I mean, we're only five years away from, well, we're two years away from now at this point from Reagan. Right. And you know, we're five years away from those same people kind of being co-opted into the very thing that they disliked, yeah. you know, I mean that they fought against. So um, maybe it's the, like remaking at this point is actually
1: a little prescient. Like, uh. Yeah, but it's a it's a fantastic movie and one of my one of my favorite childhood movies and like it still holds up. Like I really enjoy, really yeah. enjoyed watching it this time.
0: No, I agree. No, I was, I was glad to watch it again. Um, for the first time since I was young. Okay, so number one on your list. Um, I don't think it's probably comes as any great surprise is Halloween, uh, directed by John Carpenter. <clears throat> Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis and Donald Pleasance. It has a 68% from critics and 89% from audiences. Uh, we talked about this movie back in October um, during a first watch with um, a friend of the podcast, Mike Bledsoe, uh who sat down and watched it with us for the first time ever in Crazy. his life. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> and um,
1: so yeah, I, you can go ahead. Uh,
0: you I mean, don't have to give much description right about it. i don't i don't
1: know what else to say about it that we haven't already gone over but the start of like one of the more prolific horror franchises in film um and also the creation of one of the most iconic like horror villains in michael myers um you know it's 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 almost a perfect movie like i don't i don't know of any like real flaw it has i mean it's like perfect runtime The build is, like, really well done. It gives you enough information to know what you need to know without beating you over the head with exposition. And it does it in a way that's not condescending, you know? Like, it's not talking down to you. Um, I think the performances, like, especially Curtis and Pleasance, are amazing. Um, The idea of having Myers, like, stalk her... And then, like, cut to show that he's, like, murdered, like, people along the way and, you know, just show, like, the depths of his evil. I mean, there's just so much, like, greatness in it. And really, you know, one of those movies where I think people have tried to go back to the well and, like, recreate whatever exists, like, in that bubble. And even, like, Carpenter, to an extent, trying to do it in um, Halloween 2 over explaining who Michael Myers is like making it too much of like a traditional slasher. I mean, this movie has, you know, there's a threat of peril without it being like just constant murder. And much of the way the Texas chainsaw doesn't really show you like the point of contact moment all the time. Halloween is the same. I mean, you rarely see like anybody like legitimately getting like murdered on screen. Um, especially not by like being stabbed or anything. Like a lot of it's implied, and a lot of it's you know like hidden in shadow.
0: Does when the guy gets impaled against the wall? Is that shown? No, nah,
1: you don't see it. Okay, it's only you, afterwards you see, you see him, hanging. him being held up, and it's, so it's from like right. Yeah, You're right. You're right chest you're right. up, yep. and then it's from his feet down. Yeah. You don't ever see the knife in. You just sure. see him stuck to the wall, right? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 one of the best horror movies ever made by one of the best directors of horror um and one of the best just genre directors period like who can do horror sci-fi action comedy you know whatever like he's pretty much like a master yeah i can't
0: remember how many times i've seen this movie it's probably like the one we watched in october was probably like the maybe fifth or sixth time i've seen it or something like that um which is a lot for me for especially for a horror movie but um when i was younger and i really loved it i loved the subtlety of Myers in the background and shots i loved like you yeah. know like i, I love the horror aspects of the movie and the subtle the subtlety of some of it like that's what i really like love so much Rewatching it back in october gave me a new appreciation for the actual filmmaking of it like and the narrative structure like i until I watched it that time with the two of you, like I didn't realize like how well constructed that script and story is even of by, by having it all pushed to like the second half of that movie to like all building to that night, everything like leading up to it in the days preceding, you're building the threat by doing that. And especially mostly through Donald Pleasance's character, um, is how you're doing that, and it's like you're establishing because of all those, as 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 trite as it may be nowadays to kind of like sit there and have um, a character like talk about how bad somebody is. I'm going to use a wrestling analogy. It's like Donald Pleasance is like the commentator who's building up the heel by telling you how bad right. the heel, the the bad guy is, and like that's kind of like. But it's done in such, like, you know, because you don't spend a long time with Donald Pleasance. You, it's just, here's 30 to 60 seconds. Let's go back to Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. Like, And you just keep, like, doing that every once in a while. It just keeps continually building this threat. And the fact that he's tracking him and he's finding, like, the murders that he's committing and stuff along the way sh- is showing you the threat is real. So it's built you up to be, like, just terrified of what's going to happen in that second half of the movie. And it's it's brilliant.
1: Right. He's also a Cassandra-type figure where, like, yeah. he's calling out, like, these things and no one's listening to him. Sure. Right. And it's not yeah. until it's, like... Well, oh, right. And that late. ups...
0: When nobody listens to him, that also ups the
1: terror of it. Right. Because there's no help, except for him, possibly. And he's, like, and admittedly, like, an old man without like any real way to defend himself I mean sure and he's
0: completely because it's like he doesn't really know how to use a gun at scene you know like he's not practiced
1: they show that like I mean just the the feat of making I mean this is filmed in California in like the summer mm -hmm. and the feat of making it feel like a fall in the Midwest in what is it Springfield Illinois or whatever makes you um, I don't know it's just it's It's pretty masterful and when you consider that like here's this young director like basically doing it by himself, like it really it's 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 a masterpiece, yeah, I think, yeah. and it's it's legitimately like a great movie, just beyond being like a quote unquote horror movie. Like sure. it transcends that. And it's just really well done and yeah. yeah, to your point, like it's 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 the threat of him stalking them and mm-hmm. you waiting, like, with the anticipation for him to actually like Break through and attack, which is where the remakes of these movies, like, always... Well, subsequent sequels and remakes always fail. And that it's just about him, like, stabbing and, like, murdering people. And that's not what it is. You know, he's... This almost, like, inescapable force of nature. hmm You know, who's after... You know, who's has his goal in mind and is, like... Has the single-minded purpose. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And, so, and, and
0: there's like those, all these little things with Myers, though, that's like has this like just tiny bit of complexity to it, like of trying to
1: figure out Michael Myers in some ways. Right, Like, like the fact that he's like, even though he's just like murdering him, like he's going to put a sheet on so he can trick her into thinking that he's her boyfriend. And basically. is that a, right? And is that a joke? I mean,
0: and I'm, I don't expect an answer necessarily, but it's like, is, is that, is that Michael Myers idea of a joke? Yeah, Um, I don't know. It's like the, the, the way that he, like that iconic head cock that he does with the guy that's like, after he stabbed him against the wall and he's just hanging there when he just cocks his head and looks at him, like trying to like, almost like, like he's trying to figure something out, but like, what is he
1: trying to figure out? Like, you know, what's he, what's he studying? You know, um. I think it's just the interest in watching a human life escape, yeah. basically. Yeah. Like, it's just that he's a sadist, but right. he's, like, so disconnected. Sure. It's, it's Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. And
0: uh, the only other thing I have to say about this is that damn last shot of this, well, shots of this movie, where it just, the score's playing over it, and it just cuts to all the different rooms and just shows you, like, empty rooms, like, but just where all the terror is taking right. place. I think is one of the, like the best like 30 second sequences to end a horror movie yeah, ever. It's really
1: good. It reminds me of very much something David Lynch would yeah. do. Like well we we talk about it all the time it's that yeah. horror of like empty spaces basically. Right. Yeah. Like the implication
0: that something could be there or right. There. And Lynch does a lot of times yeah in that way of like what could happen here. Right. Um I thought it was brilliant in the way he does it here where it's like here's the place now empty of where it did happen. And I think that's really interesting.
1: And um, great, great score, too. Like, one of the best horror movie yo, scores. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, iconic. Like, you hear, like, those... The, the tinkle of that piano, and the, you know immediately, like, what you're listening to. Uh-huh. And what you're in for. Yeah. Um, the sequel, like, the pseudo-sequel... Well, not pseudo-sequel, but, like, the... Um... Retcon sequel to this in, um... Halloween that came out last year um was really good too in continuing with the storyline and I'm actually really excited to see Halloween Kills. Mm. Um, Which one's that? Halloween Kills. That's the sequel to the Danny Jamie... McBride one? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's going to be a trilogy. Gotcha. Um but it takes place after the events of the um remake from but this is the one with um Jamie This
0: is the one with this just came out with Jamie Lee Curtis you're yes. talking about right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I still haven't seen that yet. Yeah,
1: the yeah. Rob Zombie remake. It's just it's it's just too much. Like it just gives you too much information, and I think there's a lot of really interesting filmmaking in that movie. And I think that he understands like what makes Myers scary, but he just like can't help himself by like talking about it too much. It just yeah. makes it way too. The zombie can't help getting his shit in.
0: Yeah, like like I I i i think we're mostly on in agreement on rob zombie like we're pretty lockstep i think but um we both love um devil's rejects yeah um, one of my favorite horror movies of the sure past, like, yeah years. i mean i think that's but it's like but it's like there's a little bit of restraint there in that where it's like the one that came before it that it's a sequel to like yeah, house of a thousand Corpses. Yeah. there's no Is restraint
1: it, right right except none. that one shot that of one shot, uh, yeah. walton goggins yep Yep. Like at next. the bird's view. eye view yeah, yeah. it's just um, amazing brilliant shot intention yeah
0: how long he holds that yeah and um but it's yeah he's always getting that like shit that that uh i always compared it to like the the, the, the
1: haunted hayride shit like yeah no he, that's that's him
0: like he's always trying to get that shit in and it's like it just never works right because um,
1: he's more about the schlock a lot of times than he is like
0: the so real quick, sell, sell me on this new Halloween movie. So, And, and I need to understand something first. So does Halloween, I think it's it's H2O, um, like Halloween, the 20th anniversary movie from like 90-whatever-8, no. I guess. That doesn't exist no. in this new movie, right? Like, Because Jamie it, Lee Curtis was in that.
1: Right. Basically, Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 exist, and that's it. Okay. So Halloween 2 is included. And then Jamie Lee okay. Curtis has had a child, raised a child, lost a child her daughter because she's crazy and has barricaded herself off from the world with the knowledge that someday Michael Myers would come back and she would have to fight him. Mm-hmm. And it's just Myers like returning to Haddonfield. That's the name. I don't know why I said Springfield. Yeah. yeah, Haddonfield. Yep. Um, returning to Haddonfield yeah. and Jamie Lee Curtis trying to convince people like this threat is real. Yeah. Um, it's really well directed very tense. Um, really good kills. Mm-hmm. Myers is like a palpable threat. But still that, like, almost, like, ethereal, like, presence, like a ghost, kind of. Um, I'm curious to see, like, how they pick up after the end, because he's trapped in a, like, locked in a, like, walled-in basement or something, kind of, hmm. like, I don't know, I can't even explain it, and, like, lit on fire. Hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, where they go from it, but, yeah, it's 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 really well done. Okay.
0: But it's not dealing with any of that... Bullshit mythology that comes in, like, 4 and 5 and all that stuff. Well,
1: no, that, that, that mythology is introduced in 2. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it specifically said that he's uh, almost like a supernatural force of I evil. I don't remember that. Yeah. I've, it's been so long since I've seen 2. Like two's, um, That's the one in the hospital, right? Yeah, two's yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. It's better than all the other crap that came after it. Like, none of those sequels are very good. I mean, I, like... Season um, of the Witch. Season of the Witch a lot. But yeah, but that's, that's not a Michael Myers movie, right? Um, See, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's um, hmm. it's fine. And the sequel is, is really good. The one from 2018, 2019, whatever it came out. Okay. 2018 fall, I suppose, is when that movie came out.
0: And I was just looking something up over here like while you were talking um, a few months ago. I didn't realize uh, W.D. Richter uh, wrote invasion of the body snatchers um do you know who i'm talking about no um wd richter is who wrote uh uh adventures of buckaroo bonsai huh. um and big trouble in little china um and then kind of career goes downhill from there um that's your man it is it is yeah um wrote Neeful things though like adapted neatful things um in 93 um, and then did Home for the Holidays. Isn't that Home for the Holidays, like, one of your, like, least favorite movies ever or something like that? Which movie? Home for the Holidays. Did, haven't you, like, bitched about that movie a few What is that before? movie? Holly Hunter? 95? I don't know it. Maybe Robert Downey Jr., maybe? In it? I, I can't remember. You don't know? Okay. That's maybe. not me. Okay. Huh. Who that? I'm sure is. it's awful. It, it was not good, and that was a bad movie. Um it was one of those things where it's like when it came out like entertainment weekly because they did that with every fucking movie there was like potential oscar buzz for like holly hunter or something like that and then the movie came out and nobody liked it and you never heard about it ever again then he wrote stealth too um do you remember that movie? That's the motorcycle movie, right? Yeah, that's the stealth is the stealth fighter movie with I think Jamie Foxx, if I remember correctly. I, I And then really whatever mid two thousands female they cast in it, probably like Alba or Michelle something.
1: Rodriguez. <laughs> um right. Oh Home for the Holidays, right. Yeah, I knew you'd remember this movie. Yeah, that's a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's got a zero percent from Frank on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> from Frank? Yeah. Um, it's actually a sixty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes based on critics. Hmm. What's so the audience see, score? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Oh, okay, so. gotcha. <clears throat> no, I don't. I do not like that movie.
0: Okay. All right. So that's our list for the night. So um, coming up, we're going to be taking our uh, monthly break next week, and then we'll be back in February with the top five winter movies, the top four, five black exploitation movies. And then at the end of the month, we'll be doing our first Third Man uh, episode in a while where uh, our friend Aiden Boyer will be back to talk about the top, uh, the best Denzel Washington movie, mm. um, which is probably not what anybody would think. Uh, whatever movie th- popped into your mind is the best Denzel movie, I have a feeling that <laughs> neither of those movies are going to be talked about during this podcast, just from the conversation I... I'm excited. ...heard last night, but... um, <clears throat> uh. But as always, those will be a little bit of a retrospective, talking about a number of his roles, but focusing on the two that um, are picked by Frank and Aiden. Right. Um, so that's what we have planned coming up in February. Um, other than that, thank you for listening. Um, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, and you can contact us there or email us at two guys 5 movies at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for uh, episode ideas. So thanks, Uh, have a good night. Have a good night.